Welcome to the Resilient Sucks podcast, brought to you by the Adaptability Movement. I'm Ben. And I'm Dan. And we're here to give you resources and tools to help you go from a state of surviving to thriving in life. Resilient sucks the life out of you. And while it's a necessary skill, it's one that we don't want to spend too much time in or we run out of capacity. We're here to talk to you more about how to adapt and find the opportunity and change so you can really go about thriving in your own life. Welcome to another episode of the Resilient Sucks podcast. I'm Dan Kirk, your host, and this is Rex Buckingham. Now, welcome to the podcast, Rex. Good morning. Good morning. Now, Rex uh, has a history in um, kind of along the same lines as us, like running wellbeing programs and helping um, influence culture and attitudes and behaviors and those types of things within organizations. So you're doing that through um, an organization called Color Thinking as well as Leadership. Oh. Leadership Thinking Academy. Leadership Thinking Academy. I, I was mixing up the order of them. Um, so, w- w- absolute pleasure to have you on here today, Rex. Thank and, you. Um, just if you could just lead in by just telling us just a little bit about what those organisations are and what you're trying to achieve there. Sure. Well, as is my style, I'll start by changing the first question, and I'll just insert into it. <laughs> <laughs> insert into it. I, I heard about these guys from another outstanding guy, all in the wellness environment all doing it differently and there's just so much that needs to be done differently to make the impact on the people who need to be assisted to be the best they can be. So leading back into what I do, uh, 40 odd years ago when my wife was about to give birth to our our second child, I quit corporate life and I became a consultant. And so why did I do that? Because I saw so much happening in the community that was just ho-hum in business, just ho-hum here we go again, just the same stuff being done. So now I'm 74 and uh, I'm still working. I work about half time and I work because I'm really concerned at the growing number of youth suicides. I'm very concerned about the growing incidence of domestic violence. And so coming back to my my personal story, this takes about five minutes. So you just have to hang on there and just pay attention because otherwise it sort of doesn't make much sense. So yes, my name's Rex, and uh, my father sent me to a private school, paid all this money to end up with what I call myself as an amoeba. So I was the guy who was the most completely unsuccessful person at school. And even though um, I hated school, I thought the headmaster was amazing, but he actually sat over my whole life at school, allowing me to fail every year. So the only thing I got good at at school was stuttering. So I couldn't get a second word out. And so apart from my father losing a bit of faith in the son of his who didn't have much happening in sport and didn't have much at all happening in academia, so what the hell was his son about? And uh, so at 15, I, I thought maybe this is not working. And somewhere I got the confidence to say to my headmaster before my parents, this is not working. <laughs> and he sort of agreed with me. Well, what a shame he didn't agree with me several years earlier. Anyway, that's another story. And so I quit school at the end of the year when I was still 14. And I turned 15 on the 10th of February, which was often the same day as school went back. So I looked forward to my birthday with absolutely no fun at all because I was going to go through a whole pile of crap for another year. Because the teacher I was going to get when I turned 15 would have been told by the teacher I had when I was 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, that Rex is a bit of a dud. So I kept living down to their expectations. And my expectation of me was down. Hence, it was so easy to pick up stuttering. So there I am, 15, applied for my first job. And my first job was at Woolworths. And uh, I I may have told you the story when I first met you last week, but there was 35 steps up to the mezzanine of the old Woolworth store. There was 34 boys wanting a single job. And here I am, I can't talk and I have no academic background and this guy hires me. And that was a pivotal moment in my life. Someone had shown positive expectation. I end up being the youngest manager in the history of Woolworths, this dud. And I'll put it down to Tom Gifford, assistant manager of Woolworths, for having seen something. And I asked him about six months later, 
you know, Tom, why did you hire me? And he said, of all the boys, Rex, there was nobody who needed it more than you did. We've got 350 staff here. You know, we don't need one person that much, yeah. but you needed <clears throat> it that much. So that's why Colour Thinking and LeadershipThinking.Academy is so uh, immersed in the concept of what does leadership mean. Yeah. Yeah. Now you guys are bringing this adaptability concept and that's, there's all these different words we use for all these different things and it becomes confusing and I'm 74 and you are what? 29. 20. Oh, 39, wow. 20, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Let's go okay. with that. But in, in that time there's been so <coughs> many changes in, in what people call things, you know, so could we have marketers, the marketers say, well, we, we've been doing this for a while, we'll change all the words, and that'll be the whole new thing, and we'll sell that as a new product. And so we have this thing called resilience, which just about, about makes me vomit, and we have this thing called adaptability. So uh, if I think back to my school days, I think I became dull and resilient or I think I could have been one of these young people who commit suicide because there was nothing happening in my life. And so I'm, I'm really scared of the concept of uh, anything about being resilient. That, mm. that, that In my mind, that means it's there, put up with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's just wrong. <clears throat> so part of what I do, and you need to tell me if I need to stop talking at some stage <laughs> so you can say something, but this is the part of the five minutes, okay? Part of what I do is anti-bullying and I'm very good at it because I never ever talk to the bully. I talk to the person who is the so-called victim, who I say is a bully, because they are now, in this, it wouldn't be you ever, but we'll point over here to this unknown person. We're allowing this person to impact on us <coughs> in that bullying fashion. Well, if we change the way we operated with that person, that person wouldn't have to be the bully. And all that's missing is the strategy. Yep. So colour thinking and leadership dot, leadership thinking dot academy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm still practicing it. Um, is very much about strategy. Yep. You know, what's working, what's not working, yes. what do we need to do about it? Yeah. So that's why the business is there. Yep. Because it fulfills my personal needs to be able to help people be the best they can be, which is what you, are, what you two guys Absolutely. are about. And, and this is what's um, brought us together, I guess, because of that synergy. And, and as you mentioned, a mutual friend through Danny Lloyd, and um, he's doing some wonderful things as well, where um, he's working with um, you know, drug addicts and um, people that are incarcerated and those kind of things to try and help them sort of um, create something and adapt to you know being a different version of themselves, yeah. to, to moving towards something rather than constantly trying to escape the life that they've sort of been trapped within. So, yep. Um, like you said, it's something that we feel aligned in what we're doing and, um, and it's nice to honour each other in that space and to be able to support each other because I think, you know, there's a, a greater um, good to be achieved by, you know, networking, collaborating and building an industry of that rather than sort of trying to climb over the top of each other and yeah. you know, undercut each other in a, in a quote and that sort of stuff. So Absolutely. I mean, you talk about Danny Lloyd <coughs> uh, and you talk about Nexa and you talk about the adapt adaptability movement. Um, Danny's not on about druggies and he's not on about prisoners and you're not on about sports people. You're on a, both on about people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Danny's got a lot of really... Um, excellent background where he has done an amazing amount of work as it happens with drug rehabilitation and uh, prisoners. But his focus has been on helping them to change, adapt their life to a new life. Yeah. So one of the hassles with, with a prisoner is we have about three quarters of them going back very quickly yeah. because they come back into the same pod <clears> and they do the same things. And I, I guess in sports, well, I know myself, I failed at sports very quickly, very easily, very young. And so I was always in that pod of the boys who didn't get invited to go and play sport. Mm. And so we stayed there festering together about what we can't do rather than what we can do. Yeah. One of the things that my father gave me was the word can't should never be spoken. You know, uh, as, soon as, as soon as we say can't, we turn off all these kind of receptors in our head. Agreed. And I see it in, if, if, if I'm... It's the worst thing you can hear as a coach. Yeah. And, and because it tells you how... 
um, how broken that person's perception, not them, but their perception of their self-worth in that environment. Yeah, yeah. and it becomes self-fulfilling. <clears throat> so I've written a book and it's called Developed Through Leadership Thinking. And in that book, I've um, laid out my story and I've laid out a whole lot of different concepts that help, that have helped me uh, and have helped others, I'm told. But my father was against words like can't. He was against words like hope and even no. Now, obviously, no is appropriate in some circumstances, but so often our, our habit is to say no first, mm. which just closes someone down. Yeah. If I'm working with an executive group, say there's an executive of six, and you've got a fairly powerful leader, no, I'll cancel that word out, manager, I'll cancel that word out, <laughs> CEO, who knows what they are, you know, getting off on being the boss, and they are used to being listened to and, and, and having people agree, one person in that group says, I can't think of anything else. And you look at all the eyes, their heads go down, mm. the, the, the receptors go off, yeah. and the boss <coughs> thinks he's won the day. And yeah. he hasn't even heard from half the people. Yeah. So adaptability is such a big thing as against resilience, which is we just put up with it. That's the way it is. Yeah, of course. And like, you know, the, the podcast name Resilience Sucks, is, it's a play on words. It's, it's not to say that, you know, resilience doesn't have a place or that it's not a useful tool. We absolutely think that that should be part of your toolkit. But like you said, like it's, it's this finite resource, it's temporary. Um, it's used as a defense mechanism when we're under like stress. And so what we need to do is, yes, increase that capacity because sometimes that stress is gonna be an unknown sort of period, but at the same time, where's the opportunity? Where's, where's the thing that you move towards, the thing that you create and innovate, how, being resourceful, being a great responder? Yep. Um, because those are the things that, and I know you said hope, right? And I think there's two different ways of using hope. I think there's hopeful because you're feeling hopeful about the future because you now have tools and you're doing something about it as opposed to, geez, I hope things change. And so we talk about, we don't want to get stuck in um, this feeling of a fear-based mindset where you're just trying to avoid something all the time because you have no direction. Yep. You, know, you feel scattered, you feel isolated, you feel chaotic. Yes. Whereas when you feel hopeful and you choose hope or love to move towards, mm. because, and I know this is, but let's explore no, this. I'm, I'm listening. There's different ways because different um, people have had um, you know, a multitude of experiences through life and, and so they will hear these words in a different way. And so I think it's still useful, and that's why I use two words, because I don't think either of them summarizes it well enough. I say we want to choose hope and love to move towards, not be just trying to move away from fear. But I'm, I'm open ears, teach no, me something okay. today. Okay, so I'm 74, <coughs> and I've just been reminded of something which I didn't need to forget, but you know, I've got so much happening up here, sometimes I forget things. A lot of words by themselves are inadequate, hmm. yeah? and so you need a second word to help the focus. So I don't mind you being hopeful, so long as it's tied to something. Absolutely, that's what I was okay. saying. Tied yeah. to something. It's, like, it's not your, um, your primary like, um, focal point, it is the consequence of doing something yeah. and having, <coughs> having meaning, having purpose to, where, to what you're yeah. working towards. Yeah. I, I have the same problem with the word try. Yeah, I, I think we probably agree on that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, there's, there's an expectation in try or failure. So yep. in my book, I say numerous times, people live up to or down to expectations. So if you don't expect to do it, you won't. So yep. it'll be self-fulfilling. The trouble is, if your expectation of me is low, then my expectation of me is potentially low, and I'll probably end up giving mm. a low performance. So that's how I see myself now. So it's really, a, a, I, saved, I was saved when I was 15 by someone expecting more of me. So I had no academia, nothing, I, you know, maybe I could spell occasional words, I don't know. And he said to me after about three months, now Rex, you're going to need to go and get some schooling. And he knew I'd been through the school for all my life. And so I, um, uh, he said, there's a school not, not far from you. This is leadership. This is him wanting to help me through it. And uh, so Marion Road, you work out which, which school it is, pop along and have a look at them. You can go and go and go and work time if you like, and sign up. So I signed up for a year above the year I was about to start. So yep. I, I lost an entire year, and I was third to top <coughs> at the end of at, at the end of the following year. So I was working full time, and I was studying at, at night school, and I was this, this boy who was always the bottom of the class was suddenly third to top. 
same boy, yeah. just with a different feeling inside of me. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a cancer, and it, it, unfortunately, it's self-fulfilling. The word can't. Try is a bit scary because it's conditional. Like it's almost like we don't. You may not expect to be able to do it. <clears throat> yeah? yeah. And hope can be used in the way that you first uh, yeah. mentioned and better off used in the way that you second mentioned yep. that, I'm, that I'm hopeful of doing this because I'm doing this and this and this Agreed. You know, and yep. in my last time out uh, I did 15 push-ups and now I'm pushing 20 push-ups or yep. last time I out I, I wasn't confident to go up and talk to somebody and now I'm confident to go up and talk yep. to somebody you know some measurement of progress yep. Yep. yeah and look, we've we've spoken about this extensively, and some um, of in our previous podcasts about the power of language and grammar, and how it you mentioned before it's self fulfilling. So we are the architect of our destiny, and, and in doing it, again, you came back to your anti bullying stuff, and you talk to the person who identifies as the victim, and that's not to demean or diminish their experience. It's to say that there is power and opportunity in the way they talk to themselves, and the way they take back responsibility for what they can impact that situation with rather than hoping that someone else will change and that yep. will then improve their experience. And um, I'm, I'm careful not to you know, in, encroach on that area because that is, that is not an area that we um, specialise in like you do, but the, that language and how we talk to ourselves and what we express to others and how that then creates um, almost energy about how we're viewed. And so then you're multiplying the effect by telling someone that I... I um, I'm not great at that, or you attach yourself to, I'm not great at sport, right? And that creates an identity around you which gets multiplied by the people around you. So one of the first things we need to do, other than being self-aware, because we have to be self-aware to notice these things, is to then, how are we talking to ourselves? And how are we talking to others about ourselves? Because that is a powerful way of, of creating yeah. the type of life that we want to live. This is, a, this is a podcast, so you can, you can actually go back. You can push it back and, and, and listen to that again, because that was really good stuff just then. You know, my stuff, who knows? That stuff there was really, really good. In, in my book, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned my book earlier. Uh, in my book, I say, so much of life is about words and sentences. And so if you're currently getting a response from somebody that isn't the response you want, rather than blaming them for their response, look at the words that you're using when you interact with them. And so I say to people sometimes, in fact, I had coffee yesterday with somebody, and uh, he's a psychologist, and uh, I, have, I have forgiven him for that, and we had a really good conversation. And he, had a, he has a problem right now with somebody in his life. And I said to him, so just tell me, if you met for coffee, just give me what would happen. Tell me the words that would happen. He said, well, I'll, I'll come along and I'll say this. And then, so what will she say? Well, she'll say this. And so where is this going at this stage? It's, it's, it's starting to fall off the rails already. Mm. And so do you recognise that you always start with the same sentence? Mm. Well, well, I hadn't, hadn't sort of thought about it, but yes, I do. Well, why don't you change the sentence? Right. And I can guarantee you, you change that sentence and you've got an 80% chance of yep. actually having a better, a better com conversation. So, so much of what we do is operating from patterns, isn't it? And so when we when we go into a known relationship, and you see this a lot of times in like a strained marriage, for example, or a strained um, you know, partnership of any sort, in that there's triggers for each other and it, it becomes this repeating cycle because there isn't the self-awareness or the self-responsibility um, yeah. to, to look at what you can do to impact that situation. Yep. And so it's like, well, no, they're the problem because they, they always do this to me. But if you're an observer, if you're sitting back on that and you're observing that conversation and you'd notice it over time, the same language is used, which becomes the same trigger, which elicits a similar response because there's an expectation. That's where we're going to end up. Yep. So then, the, again, the power comes back to us. And this is not so much as a responsibility, it's, it's, it's a blessing. Because it, when we realise that, there's an, in, an opportunity to impact it, there's an opportunity to change it. Now, I can't change the way that you see the world or you interact it, uh, with it. I can influence that by the way that I interact with you. So if I want to get a better... I'm, I'm going to stop here. Yeah, go for it. I can't change. You can change. I don't know why you use the word okay. can't. No, you, that's you fair. You can change. Yeah, I mean, what you just said then is, is a package of words that, that's out there, like you pick it off a shelf, because we all we <coughs> often say things like yeah. I can't, yeah. but the, I can help you to find new ways forward. Yeah. I we guess what I'm saying is this, I shouldn't see it as my responsibility to change you. It, like, it's not useful for me to try and change you. 
I can influence and I can assist and I can facilitate and I can guide all of those things, yep. but I'm, I need to be personally responsible here first to then bring my best to that relationship. Yep, and that goes back, back to, to the vision of your business about mm. what you're on about. Um, it, it's, it's a sort of tricky area because you are coming to me and you are taking responsibility to impact on me. And so you can't, a, a previous, when I was in corporate life, a manager said to me, Rex, you can't want it more than they want it. And I said, I don't agree. I don't agree at all. I didn't want anything when I was 15. Yeah. I had no self-awareness. So don't tell me about self-awareness. I, I was self-aware, I was the dud. You know, so if you're going to come and talk to me, you're going to come and interact with me, you need to lift me up by your questions. Yeah. And you need to lift me up in the way you, you listen be, to me. You become the catalyst. A ca right? For your catalyst. change. Go on, the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and you do have a responsibility because you are delivering a product to Agreed. me. Okay? And so when you see me not responding, your skills have to help through your questions because questions are so powerful. Questions and shutting up. Questions and then shutting up. Shutting up after the question, so the person has a chance to answer. Boy, how many times does a person half answer and the person asking the question jumps in over the top with the assumption? Just how often? I'd say the majority of times. You know, as a teeny weeny example, hey, I, I just come back from Hawaii. What what answer could I expect you to say to that? How was it? Well, you could, or you could, <laughs> or you could say, I was in Hawaii last year. Most people want, oh, yeah. and they just jump in and take over the conversation. Oh, yeah. We all, mm. and I'm not showing any signs of that today by owning most of the conversation. Because <laughs> I was asked to come and talk to you, okay? okay. But seriously, you know, if we could, and, and, and you've got a young, a young daughter. Two young daughters. Two young, <laughs> very, very brave man. He does use colouring in the hair, apparently. <laughs> seriously, right. I mean, as dads, as granddads, I get on better with my kids, certainly my, my actual children, when I shut up you know, and I ask questions and I show an interest. And so if you're wanting me to, uh, to become aware, it can only happen by you triggering, uh, being the catalyst, mm -hmm. triggering me to tell you, to disclose to you. And once I've said the words, that's my own leverage, not your leverage on me, but mm -hmm. my leverage. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's a bit, that's not a bit, it's a whole lot different in concept in, our, in making it easier for me to adapt Rex, yeah. not become resilient to the situation. Yeah, for sure. Like, you come out to the parent stuff, like, uh, like I, I smile because, like, it's exciting for me to watch and to just, like, be somewhat of an observer, but a facilitator for our children to explore life and to discover things and to you know, give them a really long leash and be there when they absolutely need you. But until that point, let them let them self-regulate and, and create and be self-aware. Like this is why so much of what we do, I get like sort of excited about this part of it because, you know, it's not about going in and, and telling people about the theory of, you know, adaptability or the theory of resilience or the theory of anti-bullying. It's about providing an environment where they can explore that for themselves. It's about providing something experiential and, um, engaging and interactive and because you, you came back to this before you're talking about there's different states that we're generally in and, and I would say that you know very rudimentary but like there's transmitting there's receiving and there's observing and so we talked you know, talking about the conversation and I did um, do a little bit of research on you I went back and had a look at your ask listen ask listen ask listen and um, for, for me there, there is um, yeah almost a, a third state in that, that observing as well because it's like we can, we can be the transmitter and, and we can transmit and we can create. We can be the receiver where we learn and we grow and, um, and we listen. And then we can also just be, be the observer as well. And, and the observer is a, um, a useful, they're all useful, but observing is really um, important as well to not um, underestimate it because it, it gives you that sort of perspective. It gives you that little bit more sort of considered approach to then what next, yep. where to shift to. So talking about living up to and down to, I've got a story which, which I think helps to understand that. I was uh, working with a young, uh, well not a young woman, a, a mother uh, of a couple of children and one child that was just wasn't working it out. And he was on suicide watch and he, would, he had been suspended from school and uh, the mother got a call when she was working with me in a, in a, in a, in a class situation saying that the headmaster needed to see her. 
and uh, because he would be suspended this time. And so she knew that was going to be a difficult conversation at home because the father had already pretty much signed off from the son. It was, it was a, a very standoff situation and the son wasn't talking to mum. And so um, she said to me, you know, can you just talk through some of those tools you're speaking about? So I, I got a bit of a chance to do it. And she, I spoke about this ask, listen, ask, listen, ask. And the thing about, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad, granddad, and if I'm not careful, I just talk too much. Yeah, and, and I tell pe people things they don't even need to know, or things they could have told me and made them, made them feel better. But you know, Dad's, Dad Rex has got to be over everything. And so I once said to her, can you imagine what it will be like when he comes home from school today? And she says, I know, because it's the same every time. He's going to come in, he's going to let his bike fall against the garage, which he knows is going to set us all off. So the first thing he'll see is us already angry, disappointed, all those negative things. Mm. He'll come in, I will ask him the same question I always do, and he walks straight past me and goes to his bedroom. So I said, okay, with, there's a fellow called Edward de Bono, and Edward talks about this concept of uh, um, um, what's the concept he calls, talks about? <laughs> uh, with, with the benefit of prior knowledge. Uh, that wasn't quite right, but I'll get there. And um, benefit of hindsight was where I was going. And so let's work out what you could do differently so you could actually get to a different outcome. As you know the outcome you're going to get if you do the thing you've been doing day in, day out. Sure. So what can you do? And we had, a, and I, as much as I could, I just kept the uh, air empty and she found new ways to do it. And I wasn't so much saying yes or no, but how would that work? What might work with that? And she came up with the idea, I'll walk to the back, I know when he's gonna come in, I'll take his bike, I'll already have a sandwich ready, his favorite sandwich ready, and I'll walk up with him, and I'll say, how about sharing a sandwich with me? Totally new, first four minutes. And so she did this, he came in, she did it, she did it, he did it, they sat down at the counter, and they spoke for a little while, and then they went into the lounge or sat at the lounge. First conversation for months they'd had in this equal value sort of way. The door slams and Dad comes in. The Dad is angry because she's rung saying what's happened with the school, and he's coming in to go down to the school, and he's angry. And the son uh, becomes rigid almost because he knows what's going to happen. Dad comes around the corner and finds his son and his wife sitting on the lounge talking, which is the first time, that it, really, in, in recent history. And it's amazing when something changes that physically, people pick it up because it's not <coughs> the pattern. It's yeah. not, nothing like I expected it to be. This is my son and my wife talking. And so they went down to meet the headmaster and when they got into, this, into the headmaster's office, the headmaster started talking and the father said, can you just give me a second? I need to apologise. It's the way we've been doing it with our son. You know, he's our son and we can do it a lot better. Can we hold it off the suspension and give it a go? Now, is it an, an, a never-ending great uh, outcome of that? Well, he's off suicide watch. This has happened maybe three, four years ago. I still get a phone call every six, eight weeks Beautiful. just to say hi, Rex, you know, just that simple little shut up and ask a question mm. and show an interest in the answer yep. and don't debrief the answer as being wrong. Mm -hmm. you know, don't shoot him down every time he opens up his mouth because there's very often not an actually only one way to do something. Correct. Yeah. You know? yeah. So the A-L-A-L-A, -A -A, ask, listen, ask, listen, ask, the, the secret of that is there's no tell in there anywhere. It's just purely asking. So there's no judgment. There's no, I am the dad, I am the boss. It's, I value you, you know. And it is tricky because you have to learn how to ask questions um, and you have to learn the fact that you don't always <coughs> have the right answer. So yeah. I would recommend, of all the things I've done in my working life, the biggest, most amazing feedback I've got is when people pick it up. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, you mentioned something there about feeling valued um, and like it's something we talk about in the business, Ben and I, about you know, essentially people just want to feel valued, welcome, noticed um, 
and it, it makes such a herd. Like it just makes such a big difference. Sometimes there's a gender bias to that. Sometimes it's it's a more of a noticed for the for the males, and sometimes more of a herd for the females. And I think that's kind of you know the way society is kind of almost impress different social expectations on on each gender but ultimately we just want to feel like we have worth to others um, and and oftentimes that journey starts with ourselves. We, we need to find that self-worth within ourselves yes. first because if you can't value yourself how is someone else meant to value um, but it, it's, it's just so um, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that and about how something so simple can develop such a strong connection with someone in, in the way that yeah, they keep keep coming back. They keep coming back to for that connection. Well, I think I, I might have mentioned earlier today when we're talking. I don't know what it is about us and our need to be socially acceptable, and our fear of being outside of what the herd is thinking. And so, in most cases, when someone sits down, say the mother went down and had coffee with the girlfriends. Yeah, you know, I could I could just about guarantee they'd all tell her what else could you expect from a boy that age. Mm. You know, uh, I've I've just been working with a young nurse who had a horrific time uh, in a, in a, in a job that she had, and all of the other nurses who were getting equally horrific times all said basically that's how she is. Yeah, you just have to be resilient. Yeah, you know, yeah. and she was honestly she <coughs> had to pull over the car often because her tears would make it impossible yeah. to see, and it wouldn't be unusual for her to actually vomit in the car park. Yeah. Such <coughs> horror of going to work. And yeah. uh, I, I mentioned earlier about uh, we, 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 the word anti-bullying came up. We did, I, I did a little work with this young woman, very capable young woman, uh, just a, um, a very well accredited nurse, about how, to treat this person who was doing this to her differently. Because when she was hired, she was told by the person hiring her, which is her boss's boss, I'm sorry, but she's a bully. You'll just have to work it out. That was two years previous. <laughs> right. This is not unusual. That's standing Dan, leadership. Yeah. Dan, it's not unusual. Yeah. It's just not unusual. Yeah. And so she found the person was that kind of behavior and she thought, well, with my skills, I'll be able to work this. Sure. But the constant yeah. batting away, away every yeah. day just yeah. knocked her over. It, it robs people, it robs, robs you of a vitality. Like when someone uh, gets, projects that message that says, well, just get on with it, get through, like harden up, toughen yeah. up, whatever it is, yeah. you go from this sense of, you put yourself out there, you've made yourself vulnerable, you're saying, look, there's a situation I'm not comfortable with, I'd like to change it, and they've gone, don't worry, just keep going. Yeah. And you're like, what now? Like, you know, you've, you've not shown it, demonstrated any leadership in there, you've not demonstrated any compassion, you've just pacified the situation in the hope that it'll go away. And why is that? Because it's uncomfortable for them. Hmm? Yeah. And, so, they don't, and they don't know. No. They also believe, yeah. in the case of this, of this woman's boss's boss, she, she believed this woman was a bully. Yeah. But she was very good at her job. Yeah. And when she was on shift, yeah. the boss's boss knew it would all run, yeah. but there was a movement of staff. Yeah, and this is the, this is the thing, like there's a, we, we talk about like a net energy or, an, or a net, so whether it be habits, whether it be energy, um, but when you, when you have a, a new person come into a relationship, they're gonna have some things that are helpful and some things that are unhelpful, and what's that net gain? Or if it's not a net gain, it's a net loss or, yeah. or it's neutral. Yeah. Yeah. You can't afford to have people that are they're constantly being a net loss. And that's, that's not to be inhuman about it, it's that to build um, a connected team and to have something that is functional in a, in a workplace or a sporting team or a school or whatever it is, you need neutral to, to, to um, yep. net plus. Yep. Um, and we don't often give that enough credibility because often we go, well, like you said, they do a great job over here. And so that, I don't, I don't want to have to try and replace that. So you guys just deal with the other stuff because I'm yep. not necessarily wearing that, you're wearing that. That's right. But it's interesting though, the first part of that conversation there was you can't afford to have those people. Well, in my experience, they are not those people. Yeah. They're just people acting yeah, that's a fair. certain no, way. No, that's fair. I, yeah, honestly, I have, I have seen, well, in the case of the nurse. Those type I, of behaviours is probably a better way of putting it. Those current behaviours. Yes. See, it all sounds like. Yeah, that's fair. There's a bit I of like cement. This. No, that's no, the person. Good. Yeah. I like workshopping this. So with, with the. Um, 
with the nurse. Yeah. I said to her, because the nurse was actually a client's wife's sister. Yeah. And the client's wife was getting sick of her sister coming around and, and just bitching about the situation. And so she rang me and uh, she said, my sister said I should see you. And I said, I've heard a bit about your situation. If you're going to come and see me, we're not talking about the person. Yeah. We're talking about you yeah. and your brand. Yeah, terrific. Okay? So she came around and saw me. She sat down and she took out a notepad. Now, that was a really good start. Like She'd come not just to chat and stuff, yeah. but she'd come to do something. Mm -hmm. And I spent two hours with her and she made all these notes. And I said, okay, you need, now need to go home and I want you to type up the notes and send them back to me and I'll see where I've been a little bit confusing, where I, where I haven't finished a sentence or whether yeah. it just hasn't worked. Yeah. And so almost before you could believe she'd have time to get home and type it up, up with a ding in the computer. <laughs> and I read it through and I just sent a, a note back saying, absolutely. So the next day she did the strategy, yeah. which uh, she had practiced three or four times with me. We'd changed some of my words to be more the words she might use. Yeah. And that was uh, I mean, four years ago now, I guess. So I, I hear from her because she's my client's uh, wife's sister. That next day, her life changed. Right. Black went to white. Okay. The next day. Yeah. Now, the other four people in her pod didn't change at all their behaviour. <clears throat> and her behaviour with them didn't change at all. Yeah. So, so she got a bit of bullying now from the, those around her. Right. Because, you know, what are you doing? You know, yeah. what are you sucking up with here? Yeah. And she'd say, well, you can see what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything different. Mm. But it changed. So my next conversation with her of note was when she rang me and she said, Rex, I need a hand. And I said, yeah, what is it? And she said, she wants to be my best friend. She wants to go to Melbourne on a shopping strip and I don't want to be her best friend. Right. So we had a little <coughs> chat about a strategy that would help her maintain the relationship she built without getting caught into a thing that could have destroyed the relationship. Yeah. Um, that was a strategy. Well that might lead you on somewhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I was a bit brash in my initial response, but I, I understand where you're coming from. I can see the in value and all of that. And um, like I often say in a situation that it's, it, it, you're right, it's not the person; it's the way that person is currently behaving, and that's what is impacting the situation. Because it's not helpful to call, you know, especially name calling. Like it's never been more prevalent in society. Like, it, and it's not. I'm not talking about just demeaning someone based on you say they're an idiot or they're whatever. I'm talking about like really strong language about like, you know, often politically motivated to say that you're uh, extreme this or you're an extreme that or, you know, that language can look different, but it doesn't help anyone. Because what you do is instead of dealing with the individual situation at hand, you're now saying, well, you're just like all of those other people that I've put into that category and I've already made my decision about them, so this is going nowhere. And all that does is build more animosity and more separation. I've judged you, and people live up to <coughs> or down to. There it, it is. It, it, just, it just sits there all the time. People live, if I think you're an idiot, you yeah. will act with me like an idiot. And even when you're not being an idiot, I will treat you like an idiot. Mm -hmm. now, I mean, you have two girls. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a whole pot of people. <laughs> what I say to them is really important, or what I don't say to them. Yeah. It's certainly how I say it to sure. them, because they take it on and that affects their little yeah. brand. Yeah. You know, that affects how they see themselves. Yeah. That's a huge responsibility. Sure is. And so much in my head has been hanging around there for a long time. And I, I've been a bit lucky because I got involved with emotional intelligence fairly early and I, I sort of found out some, some of my toxic ways, which I sometimes would, would pretend was a joke, and more often not it was sarcasm, and sarcasm is not a good thing. You know? Still working on that. You know. Not always successful, but I know I've got to do it and I'm working on it. And it's just every moment of the day, what we're doing is important. Every moment, you know. And those who look robust often aren't. Yeah. You know, so the blonde jokes and the Irish jokes and all that stuff, which is my generation, hurt people. Okay. You know, blonde girls started to think of themselves as being dumb. And we all hung around and laughed. And they would usually laugh because laughing was better than turning your toe and walking away because that only brought more condescension. Yeah. It's, 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 the capacity to be an adapter or to be adaptability, in my mind, how do I adapt? Not how do I 
put up with it yeah, sure. is just such an important yeah. part of what I do. And I've, I've written this book. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the book this time. Uh, and these guys have these amazing programs. And that's about, I'm going to say these words, I'll be corrected or not. This is about helping people be the best they can be. Yeah. yeah? And in my experience, we don't always know what that is. Mm -hmm. you know, so I've got to get you to a point where you're looking at yourself yeah. and, you're, and you're putting aside all of the, the prejudgments that have been around you all of your life to date. And you say, no, I can be this. Yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot of it is about um, having the capacity to emotionally ground yourself so that you know, you're not operating from this emotional peak of being really reactive to something, but able to go, oh, here I am. Like I'm feeling that a little bit. I'm just going to you know, calm that down a little bit and, and then be able to proceed with um, more perspective. Because you know, yep. when, we, when we're in that high emotional state, it's generally narrow focus. It's like, and if there's, there's patterns that we've experienced before, then we, we make a very quick assessment that says, this is the danger that I've identified before in this situation. So this is how I need to respond. Um, and so that could be flight, fight, you know, um, flight, fight or freeze usually. Yes, yes. Um, but that'll look different for everyone. Like fight doesn't always mean go in and, and sort of throw punches. What it might mean is just like, you know, head down, bum up and you just charge through it straight ahead and you're just working as hard as you can to get somewhere. So, you know, having that perspective to know, oh, here I am again, bring that back down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's okay. Like that's not something to feel shameful about or guilty for, but just that, okay, I've, I've, I feel somewhat, whether well, triggered's a strong word, but in some situations that you will use yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it just, it helps so much with, with connection because we can't, it's very hard to connect up here. This is, this is responding to a threat. Whereas when we're back down here, we're open again emotionally. We can be vulnerable. Yeah. To me, that is strength. You know, that's not what we've always been taught. We've been taught that it's that, you know, um, very alpha male type stoic, you know, like can't ruffle my feathers, yeah. waters off a duck's back kind of thing. Yeah. And yet that is often the prerequisite for, for emotional trauma. Yeah. Have you heard there's even girls playing Aussie rules now? Have you, have you heard that? <laughs> I'm not quite sure if it's a rumour, but girls playing football, you know. I mean, we've come so far. You know, it's that we actually, and it hasn't been easy, has it, for them to get in there? It's taken some time. Do you know, like, women's football's existed for a lot longer than yeah. what most people realise. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, Jenny Williams, proud South Australian, you know, part of the, the famous um, Foss Williams yep. um, offspring. Yeah, you know, she was playing back in the 80s, I think yep. it was, if I remember correctly, and it yes. existed well before that. Yes. All it is now is it's finally come to see the light of day in terms of TV coverage and sponsorship and that type of yeah. thing. So. And it's amazing. It's amazing and it's fabulous. And I think we have to be careful not to be condescending about it. You know, these are people playing a game and we're used to seeing you know, guys doing it. Uh, and it seems to me the public has picked up on it a fair bit now because, because the, the publicity got with it and it became more sort of mm. sexy to say, look at the girls uh, for, the, for the sport rather than look at the girls in the cheer squad. But you know, Brand is such an important thing, and we can be so negative to our own brand. And when I'm talking to women, and I have a, f a few women who I coach about their brand, their biggest challenge is daring to dare to see themselves as a person, mm. not as a woman, okay. not as a man, not as a woman with, as back in my days again, I think the first, first one they put in shoulder pads and, 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 and they wore suits, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that was just a, one way of trying to tackle this. Yeah. But you know, how do you feel about yourself? What's your positive self-talk? What's your yeah. negative self-talk? Yeah. When you're coming into a meeting, are you walking into the meeting already thinking people will treat you as a woman mm. or are you walking into a meeting being you? Yeah, and I, I think you is, I identify probably more with that than, um, than necessarily just being a, a person because a person is almost intangible in some ways. Like, yeah, why not identify as as how you want to be um, perceived as a as a woman or a man? So why not? Okay, I'm a, I'm a strong woman, or I'm a compassionate, gentle woman, or I'm I'm both, just in different situations. Yeah. Um, and and the same thing for a man. Why does it always have to be kind of, you know, that tough exterior? Why can't it be that compassionate, vulnerable, loving partner? You know, the adoring father. Yeah. But then also, yeah, you know what? Ruthless on the on the footy field, or, um, you know, like. Um, strategic and, and very like pragmatic in the workplace and you know it's it's not about being a chameleon it's about using different parts of that um, that 
part of you um, to, to full effect in each situation. Yeah. And Fe feeling safe enough yes. to be like that. Yeah. Because there's a ton of young men down at the gym I go to yeah. who just want to get beefier. Yeah. Because that's going to suit what they think they need to yeah. be. Yeah. And I, I write about that in the book. That in fact, you know, are, you, are you happy with yourself? What part of you are you unhappy with? If you're unhappy with it, why are you unhappy with it? Mm -hmm. If you're unhappy with it, what is the role model that you're recognising yourself against? And do you want to be that person in all the other adjuncts yeah. of their personality yeah. or you just want to have muscles? Yeah. Because that person might have muscles, but might be the, at the moment, might be the person who's least empathetic with anybody yeah. else, who's the least polite. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's a package deal. And you know, we spoke about it earlier in our, in our chat, um, just getting a sense of my identity and uh, you know I'm, I'm as i mentioned you know i'm 74 and i think i got a hold on it you know <laughs> last week yeah you know yeah. late last week it's, you know? it's still in some ways it's still fluid isn't it and it, this is why you talk about brand and why that's so important because there's different ways of um describing that in terms of you know like i would say that i'm, a, I'm values based in in terms of the way i operate and the way that i you know, involve myself in life and that's been strong for me but the values are what helps create your brand because that's what you stand for. It's what you um, make decisions in line with. It's what yeah. you know gives you a, a hell yes or a hell no yeah. to yeah. a question which otherwise might have been sounded like the right thing to do because yeah. of what expectation of those people around you. Yeah, what's, what's popular. Yeah. When I'm working with companies, I, I get invited into companies usually from a strategic point of view. Yeah. And uh, one of the first things I do is uh, do a, a very simple little analysis. What's working, what's not working. And I ask different layers in the company that question. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it, what have you done about it either way? And uh, that's a very interesting um, uh, end result normally because it's amazing how often managers say, oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. you know, these people have been walking yeah. around saying this you know, for yeah. the last five years. Yeah. And so, so we have that, we're not, to, we, the, the need to be socially acceptable. So if I'm on the line with you, I cannot help the boss fix a thing because that's not what we do on the line. Mm -hmm. right? And if I'm the supervisor, same thing. Yeah. Everybody thinks the owner or the MD knows everything, and they don't. And successful companies are successful because the people in the business. Yeah. And that's normally where the boss has a degree of emotional intelligence and understands that they have to be the facilitator, not the solution. That all this power. So I've got this thing. It's in the book here, the little book I got here, and it's one plus a number equals should equal greater than the sum of the number. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, vaguely. There's a different... Vaguely? Um, so what, this is a major You point. know what? You go down and you just tell it in your words because there's different versions of I that, know. but sure. Yeah, there is. So your partner here is Ben. Yep. And you are Daniel and I'm Rex. Yep. Okay, so if I'm doing all this talking, I do know a bit more about what I'm thinking because I've said it and I've heard it again. Mm -hmm. So I, think I get that sort of second thinking of it. Sure. If I let you speak... Now I'm going to get, as we have numerous times here, you've, you've said something, you've, when you, we spoke about hope, you came up with some really good thinking there. Um, and that re-energised my thinking about the word. So now one plus one equals two. Now, I came back on that and, and added a bit more to it. Mm -hmm. And then I think we came up with the answer, it's about one word being by itself is not enough. Yeah. And we got that, we got to there yeah. because we both listened to each other sure. and we ended up with something that wasn't alive. Yeah, so it's that whole thing of the, the, sum, of, the sum of the whole is greater than its parts. Yes, so, that's yeah, that's, right. that's, that's yeah. how I've had it. Yeah, that's, before. That's, that's more of a mathematical thing. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it is. And, and the great thing about yeah. it is it's a great place to use A-L-I-L-A -L -L -A yeah. because I'm asking you questions mm -hmm. and I'm listening. Uh, you know, there are so many people who don't look forward to going to work. I mean, we have, we have jobs out there waiting to be filled. We have numerous unemployed people and we have jobs waiting to be filled. And we're handing them apparently not enough money to stay home, refusing to go and do the work. And often it's not because they, or I don't think it's ever because they're bad people, but they are damaged people, perhaps mm -hmm. is the way of saying it. And they've been in damaged employment environments before. They yeah. may be in a damaged school environment like I was. Yeah. And that really impacts who wants to go out and be shot down again. And so this, this leadership thing is just such a powerful concept. And this adaptability thing is such a powerful concept to help people say, okay, 
I'm sick of what I, where I am. I'm sick of how I think. What do I need to do? Yeah. Now, I can help them in a lot of this sort of more psychological side of it. Not that you can't, but you can help them in, I think you can help them in that, would I say, largely more physical way? How would, no, how would no, not necessarily. I think it's definitely a mind mindset. So it's that mental, physical, emotional. Um, sure, we've had the, the physical background in, in sports science and human movement, and, but there's also you know, the mentoring, the acceptance and commitment training and all those types of things that feed yep. into it. So, it's, um, but, 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 but when we try and do it, we try and do it experientially. So we put them in kind of a practical workshop-based scenario where you get a chance. We, we facilitate an environment. Okay, so by doing that, someone is able to then have an experience, reflect on it, and we can use that reflection to then pivot and adapt and find yeah. the next sort of way forward. Yeah. Right. Um, the reason I say that is because too often I've I've been a participant in this in a situation where you know the PowerPoint slides are up on the wall, or um, you know you've got to read chapters one, two, and three before you arrive, and and it's not stimulating. Like it's a it's a very um, bland type of learning style yeah. and I certainly didn't respond to it like yeah. that idea you know I was always trying to outsmart the the learning process in uni but what I've learned since is like I, I am infinitely powerful as a learner when I know what I like an area that I need to learn I'll yeah. podcast it I'll YouTube it I'll jump on PubMed I'll whatever it takes to, to get a, a, a um, you know, lots of different perspectives. A big, a view, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that then I can sort of um, gravitate towards where I think is the right yeah. fit for, for me yeah. and what I can share with others. So when you're talking about the, the experiential, what sort of thing would I be expecting that I might do? Yeah, so like for example, um, we might run a small-sided game. So we could set up a little sports field and we could do, uh, let's say it's Frisbee or something like that where you've got five aside. And what we do is we, we call it restraints-based learning and, sorry, constraints-based learning. And that means that we, we start off fairly normal, some simple rules, yep. like let people sort of be familiar with what they're doing. Yep. And then we start to throw in a bit of chaos. And we go, okay, that's, that's great. Negative, you drop us at arm. Okay, now, um, you know, you have to pass it through this one person all the time. Okay, now you can't have a goalkeeper. Uh, now you can have a goalkeeper, but only with one arm um, in the field <laughs> of play. So you... you, you introducing that chaos to give people an opportunity to see what their response is that we can reflect on later. Yep. So like I said, it could be flight, fight or freeze generally, yep. and that'll be expressed in different ways. Yep. But if we just had a, a conversation about the theory about that, people might not have the self-awareness to be able to notice what that is. If we put it into a learning environment like yep. that, where yep. it's fun, it's interactive, um, there's a challenge associated with it, there's interaction, communication, teamwork, yep. then we can use that as the base for that learning yep. with first-hand experience. Yep. Yep. That's one physical way. We, we might do some, um, we do another one which is like a barefoot meditation, holding a mouthful of water. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's a lot that, that happens throughout that, but it's about bringing down the nervous system. I talked about emotionally grounding okay. before, yep. um, developing that observing and noticing mind um, and making it really simple for people, really easy to do. Yep as opposed to, okay, cross-legged on the floor, uh, straight back, you know, breathing through your nose, eyes closed, and be completely still and don't think of anything. <laughs> it, it can be anything to anyone, but let's make it really easy for people to sort yeah. of, to start with this. What, I guess what you're saying there is you, you're not the stock standard, how, how it's been done forever type oh. guys. Because we, we all do learn in different ways, don't we? Uh, I mean, I know people who, who, who loved, people who love doing the yoga thing, I, I, because, I love it. Do you? Yeah. Well, see, I don't because look, look at me. <laughs> How do I do yoga? Yeah, I, I can hardly get off the floor when, when mm. I'm down there with, with the kids. So I, it wouldn't be helpful to me yeah. unless I made a, a mind decision to do a lot of other work on me yeah. Yeah. so I could do it. Yeah. Uh, so, in a group of how many people would you have in a group sometimes? Oh, I mean, you know, it's anything from eight to, you know, 180. I don't oh, right. Know. Yeah, okay. so it, it just depends. Quite, like, quite big events. Yeah, well, you, you can do, for sure. Yeah. It's, um, the thing with this is, like, they're all tools. And so, like, like you said before, like, when we go into an organisation, if we know that we're going to be working with them over the course of a year or two, then we, we will we'll do an adaptability audit yep. and we'll have a look through the organisation and identify areas, okay. um, high impact areas for improvement, yep. you know, things that are otherwise a threat to the business in yep. terms of, um, you know, underlying culture, you know, people that might, or behaviours that are undermining the theme or the values of the organisation, yep. yep. um, all of those types of things. So then we can bring back a customised um, plan yes. to, to offer some kind of solution yep. to that. Yep. 
Um, but we, we talk about ourselves as facilitators or guides because our job is to extract what is, is within that community. So we can't come in with a template for that. We can come in with a framework yeah. to say that this is generally sort of the, the underpinning things that we're going to utilize in, yep. in that toolkit. Yes. Um, these are the types of strategies and systems we're going to use to get the most out of that. But we need to learn about you as part of this. That's, that's fundamental. Otherwise, we're, we're just a couple of guys who think we know more than everyone else trying to tell you what to do. Nobody, uh, uh, nobody responds to that. Well, no, they? no, no, do they? Because that's spending most of the time saying, you're just a couple of guys who think you know yeah, all about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's a challenge and, and keeping fresh. So one of the things I've, I've learned since I've met you two guys is that you're actively looking to uh, talk to other people in the wellness space yeah. so you can get different perspectives of it. And so I, I guess in my, what I do is I sort of go back and audit some of my thinking. And mm. so I said that the other day and I'm, I'm not quite sure that's what I actually meant to say or that that sort of worked, you know, 15 years ago, but today people are gonna put over, take that in a different different way. So I'm not gonna reach my objective in mm -hmm. that situation. And I reckon we can probably talk for another two or three hours, but Absolutely. but I don't know how you're going back there. Look, just, just to reemphasize one thing, we talked about the, uh, we do an, an audit, an adaptability audit, you do like sort of like a leadership audit, yep. would that be yes, fair? Yes. So what people that are listing right now can do is they can actually head to our website, the adaptabilitymovement.world, and you can do your own personal adaptability assessment. So it's kind of like your own audit, only takes three to five minutes. Um, it's a set of about 20 questions, and that can give you a bit more insight into the four key areas of your life and where that adaptability and balance sits at the moment okay. and therefore some opportunities for improvement as well. Sure. So once I've done that, what do I do then? So at the, at the completion of that, you will get a set of results. So it'll, um, it'll map you in terms of your um, you know, education and career, your health and well-being, your mindset and uh, your, well, no, I've missed one, haven't I? I'm talking off camera right now, relationships. So, and I'm not just talking about intimate relationships, yep. I'm talking about you know, interactions with other people. Yep. So yep. Um, we, we've sort of come up with this system where we think that that, that is a, a reasonable kind of way of categorizing different areas to then get a bit of perspective on how we're operating in each. Because yep. some of us do really well in a couple of those or most of them, but there's one that's really undermining everything yep. else. Yep. Um, so it's an opportunity for a little bit more self-awareness around that. So then once you know that that's an issue, then there's, you can seek out solutions yeah. to that. We, we follow up on that as well. So we'll off, offer a call, um, just a, a sort of a discovery call at the end of that. Um, and then there's resources. There's a podcast, which um, people are obviously listening to now. There's a blog. Um, and then you can look at interacting with us through our programs as well and workshops. Okay. So do you have, do you have on, on your website different workshops which are planned, like different times and dates? Yeah, so um, often there's a, a calendar with those. Okay. Um, so that's about to be updated again. Um, right. We ran one only a few weeks ago. So okay. yeah, there is, is that opportunity. So, or if you want to bring us into your organisation, then it, um, by all means, like get in contact and um, we're happy to sort of have those discussions with, yeah. with management and leadership. Yeah. Uh, and is it one-on-one? Uh, it's more of a small group scenario, but again, it, it depends on that audit. Like if it, there might be an opportunity where we need to work with someone in the leadership team one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're not psychologists, we're not counsellors, so we're not going in to solve, you know, um, deep emotional trauma. Um, but often a lot of what we do helps people resolve that for themselves yep. because of the, the skills that perhaps weren't there in the first place that we're helping them sort of yeah, develop themselves. You know, Earlier in, the, uh, in, in this podcast, I said, because it's a podcast, you can stop it and go back. Well, that was another, you can stop it and go back conversation. I think it's fairly difficult for companies to change their culture. It's not that hard for me to change my culture. Yeah. So if I work out the things which are hurting me, there are answers to that outside of going to HR. And, and hoping someone else will fix it because they almost almost never do, and you haven't. And it's not about right and wrong, bad and good. It's just about is it working or isn't it working. Mm -hmm. And uh, you come along and see these guys, um, and and they'll help you see yourself differently. I think probably would be the way of seeing it, and maybe even give you that uh, extra bit of courage to say. I'll give it a go because there's every chance that all of your mates are saying it's impossible, it's always been like this. So people are just pushing you down, pushing you down. And it's a, it's a difficult moment in our lives when we say, well, hang on a second, I don't want to be down. And often we've surrounded ourselves with people who make it comfortable to be down. Mm -hmm. And they listen to our, 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 our complaints 
and then we go home and you know if we if, if we're at work and we, we we walk into the home and we bring all that with us it's like a like a like a mist mm -hmm. you know and little things are wrong they become you know huge problems and and your partner's you know eight minutes late or you know or, or someone's stupid enough to say we're having peas again this evening you know i mean we, we just we're not on 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 the right ball because we've been worn down mm. can i offer a, a tool for that yes so um because it's a it's a great point and you know whenever we leave a situation we enter another one we talked about the energy we bring to that in yes. terms of net gain or loss yes. um, one thing really simple thing is that that thing about emotionally grounding yourself yep. so it's a it's a deep belly breath and it's it's looking inward and going where do i feel this energy yeah put your hand on it i release what is not mine to hold on to and that's Let's it say that again i release what is not mine to hold on to and that's it before you walk in the door it makes a profound difference on, on what you bring to that next environment you enter into, particularly if that's coming home to your family. So um, that's been a, a, a good tool that I've used in the past. Um, another one, so often the physical kind of um, act can help us deal with some of that, that emotional energy that we're carrying. Because yeah. the other one I found very effective um, is for me, I, I tend to hold stress here. Some people hold in the shoulders, um, you know, some people in the, in the neck, the, you know, wherever. But once you have that perspective or that, that habit of going, okay, where do I feel it? You know, and then for me, if, if it feels like I'm holding someone else's energy, it's a, because it feels here for me, it's a, okay, I'm just gonna sever that connection yeah. now. Because it's about sort of protecting my energy. So I've, I've had that interaction, I've maybe you know, offered something in it or they've taken something from it. But at that point, it's now helpful for us both to sever that so we yes. can each sort of carry on with the rest of our day. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I mean, this stuff is just so important, you know, and you can listen to our conversation today. I guess the fear is the conversation stops and you look down and you've got five phone calls you've missed and the lawns need to be cut and you, know, you haven't been to the shops yet and you sort of just lose it. Um, you know, that's probably what's going to happen to most people, happens to me. I mean, I, I wouldn't be still watching this probably because my attention spans <laughs> not that good. Although the, the information that, that Daniel's been sharing has been really, really helpful. Um, it's a, a lot of people will see, I've just lost the word. The Americans came out with all this uh, stuff you're supposed to say. There's a word for it when you give yourself. Stuff with I, I can see it here, so I haven't come around yet. <laughs> but when, when you recite things, but you, you, you see it, and, and as, as you said, and you recite it, and a lot of people think, oh yeah, that's just American junk. Well, it actually isn't. What it is, it's me deciding I will change. Mm. I haven't found the way to change, and this guy's just given me a few words I can say. How could that not be helpful to give it a go? Mm -hmm. you know? And the very first time you, you say those words, can you just tell me the words again? The, which ones? The ones about severing? The, yes. Yeah, so um, for me, like I said, if, if there's an energy that, and you identify where that energy is, so it's a deep breath in to notice where it is, yes. a hand over that place yes. where you're feeling it, yes. and I release what is not mine to hold on to. So when, you, when you say those words, I release what's not, not mine to hold on to, you've actually taken authority on yourself. Mm -hmm. So at that very stage, you could do quite a few other things. And every time you say those words, you're reminding yourself, no, I can do this. I don't have to be the person I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. I better be a lot of it, because a lot of it's you know, great, but a lot of it, some of it wasn't working. And it, just by saying that, not incantation, there's another word, which doesn't yeah. I, um, uh, it reminds me, I have the authority. I don't mm -hmm. have to just be whatever I was mm -hmm. yesterday. And so what, what, when, once I've used that, what am I gonna do with it? If I'm talking to people about handling uh, aggressive situations, or even d d distressing situations, I say to them, keep an eye out for yourself for when you go, because <sighs> that stage you would have found something to give you that peace. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you put your hand uh, on your chest and you say, you know, I, well, it won't be on your stomach, I can't see your stomach because <laughs> it's disappeared behind your shirt. <laughs> Mine's more available for you to look at. But seriously, when, when, you, when you touch yourself and when you say something, you know you got to the point where you're starting to take responsibility. Yeah, and it's just, it's just checking in with yourself, yeah. like giving yourself that moment of yeah. kind of peace, like yeah. to be able to 
ground and, and go again. Like, yeah. But go again in a, in a way where you feel a sense of calmness and excitement of what's yeah. to come rather than that fear and tension that you've been holding on to. Yeah. It's, um, it's powerful stuff. Thank you for inviting me. That's all right. Uh, I, I went away last, when we, when we first started this, we had, we had a little break just because I got tired, you see. We had a little break and I just, I, it, the conversation has been on my mind ever since right. we had that conversation. And I've changed some of, some, of the, some of the sort of parameters of some of my thinking a little bit. I've, I've reinvestigated them. So thank you for your, for your energy. Pleasure. And like, thank you for the challenge. Like, you know, I, I welcome it. Like, you know, sometimes we do get caught in our patterns or we sort of repeat something in a way that we've heard it rather than the way that we intended it yeah. to it. So yeah. um, this is the benefit of, of collaboration. That's right. And the book. What the, what the guys have said, and they've started, started to read it, um, is that they'd like to support what we're doing here. And so it's, it's $30 at the bookshop or online, but they're going to uh, let me give it to you for half price. So if you want to take advantage of that, just send them through a, an email and they'll connect me through to you. And you'll see the, their email address, I think, uh, going, Sorry, just, going along the bottom of the... Uh, Yep, yeah, we'll pop it up on the screen now, but it's yeah. info at theadaptabilitymovement.world. Info at theadaptabilitymovement.world. <laughs> and obviously they can find you at leadershipthinking.academy. Leadership. Yep, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. And uh, I mean, all, we all interact differently and there's different needs from day to day. Um, just make sure who you're talking to is authentic and they're more interested about, about you than anything else. So, you know, we're here for you and that's what it's about. Brilliant. Thanks, Rex. Thank Appreciate you. it. Now, I noticed a little red light going off last time. <laughs>